A big hello and warm welcome to the 7th episode of Math is Fun with Vivek. In the 6th episode, we discuss the fabulous Pingala-Hemachandra Fibonacci sequence and its origin in poetry. I have received a lot of mails from listeners on this episode asking for a special episode on life and work of some of the great Indian mathematicians. I would like to thank you for your messages and suggestions and promise to do an episode on history of Indian mathematics in future, preferably with a guest who is an expert in this area. Today, I would like to start the episode by asking you a simple question. Suppose there is a circle with a radius of 7 cm. Can you tell me its circumference and area? You have 5 seconds for the same and your time starts now. Did you say the circumference is 44 centimeters and area is 154 square centimeters? Well, that's how many school children calculate the circumference and area of circle. By using the formula 2 pi r and pi r square where value of pi is often taken as 22 by 7. But what is this pi? Who invented it? And what is the true value of pi? All of us have thought of such questions at some point of time and though many of you would have found answers to many of these questions, but I am sure you will still enjoy listening to the story of Pi that has attracted and fascinated millions of people over millennia and continues to do so even today. So much so that some people have devoted even years of their lives to study of this magical number Pi. William Schaff once said, Probably no symbol in mathematics has evoked as much mystery, romanticism, misconception and human interest as the number pi. So today I will share with you some of these snippets from the very long and very old story of pi. Let us begin by trying to understand the need for knowing this number which we today define as the ratio of circumference to diameter of a circle. Some of the Indian texts say that knowledge of this ratio was very important for the construction of altars for rituals. According to Professor Ramasubramanyam, each household was supposed to have three different altars of three different shapes, square, circular and semicircular, but of the same area. Now that is a classical squaring the circle problem that makes necessary for the society to be aware of the value of the number that we call pi today. And this requirement was not unique to Indian civilization as knowledge of this ratio was used in design and construction of buildings as well as daily objects and therefore all ancient civilizations devised their own methods to estimate this ratio. Indians were among the first to observe that the perimeter or the circumference of a circle increases in same proportion to its diameter. Therefore, they established that the ratio of perimeter to diameter remains a constant. Of course, they didn't call it pi, a name that came much, much later. In our last episode, I had spoken about Bodhayana and his Sulab Sutra that gave us the sequence which is now called Fibonacci sequence. 
The same text also claims that the perimeter of a circular pit is three times of its diameter. Even Mahabharata, world's longest epic with 100,000 Sanskrit verses, makes a reference to this ratio in 12th chapter of Bhishma Parva, where shlokas 43 and 44 describe the diameter and perimeter of moon and sun. The diameter of sun is given as 10,000 yojanas and its circumference is described as 30,000 yojanas. You can see that the ratio of 2 is 3. Hebrew Bible also has a passage in 1 Kings 7.23 that gives measurements for the round basin located in front of the temple in Jerusalem as having a diameter of 10 cubits and a circumference of 30 cubits to tell us that the ratio of a circle's circumference to diameter was known as 3 at that time. Babylonian mathematicians also approximated pi to 3. This ratio was sufficient for the architectural projects of the time, but humans required more accurate approximations as their needs became more evolved and precise. The Manava Sulabha Sutra approximates the value of pi to be 28 divided by 5, that is 3.125, a fairly accurate value. Shatapata Brahmana, written about 3000 years back, uses a fractional approximation of pi as 339 divided by 108, which is about 3.139, a very accurate value for that time. The ancient Jaina school of mathematics provided the approximation of pi as a square root of 10. Now, this value of pi has been used not only by Jains, but also by other great mathematicians including Varahamira, Brahmagupta and Sridhara. The Indian values of pi such as square root of 10 and 3.125 which was 28 by 5 were also included in Chinese and Arabic texts. However, in the 3rd century BCE, Archimedes came up with a very ingenious method to calculate the value of pi and proved that the value of pi was between 223 divided by 71 and 22 by 7. So, what was his method? Archimedes was probably first person to create an algorithm for the calculation of pi. His idea was very simple and effective. He said that the perimeter of any convex polygon inscribed in a circle is less than the circumference of the circle which in turn is less than the perimeter of any circumscribed polygon. So, he started with inscribed and circumscribed regular hexagons whose perimeters are readily determined and then found ways to calculate the perimeters of regular polygons of twice as many sides that are inscribed and circumscribed about the same circle. So, Archimedes used this to successfully compute the perimeters of inscribed and circumscribed polygons with 12, 24, 48 and 96 sides. Then using the values for 96 side polygons, he was able to show that pi was between 223 divided by 71 and 22 by 7. A very ingenious method indeed. But it had lot of difficulties in finding approximations to the square roots involved in the calculations of perimeters of inscribed and circumscribed polygons. 
Remember that Archimedes did not have the knowledge of trigonometry and algebra. So he had to rely purely on arithmetic and geometry for calculating these perimeters. By the way, he did not have the knowledge of decimals either. But today we can apply trigonometry and algebra and use the same algorithm far more easily. Why don't you try it after you have finished listening to this episode? The exercise is to find out the perimeters of inscribed and circumscribed 96 side paragons for a circle of radius of 1 meter. In the later years, mathematicians were able to use this algorithm more effectively by increasing the number of sides in the polygon and calculate the perimeters of polygon more accurately by using trigonometry. The last major use of this algorithm was by Grahenberger in 1630 who calculated the value of pi to 39 decimal places. The Chinese mathematician Liu Hui in 263 CE computed pi to be between 3.141024 and 3.142708 by inscribing a 96 gun and 192 gun and then he took the average of these two values which comes to 3.141866, a fairly accurate number. He also suggested that 3.14 was a good enough approximation for practical purposes. Later, another Chinese mathematician, Zhu Shangxi, computed pi to be between 3.141526 and 3.141527, which was correct to 7 decimal places, and it was the most accurate computation of pi at that time. Even today, most of the Chinese universities and students are proud of this achievement. Some time back, I had seen a puzzle floating around on social media which required you to solve a definite integration problem to be able to use the Wi-Fi installed in a Chinese university which had an 8-digit password. The answer of that problem was of course Pi and the idea was to remind everyone that it was a Chinese mathematician who was first to compute Pi to 7 decimal digits. Personally, I love the idea and I would like to see Indian academic institutions celebrate and publicize the life and work of notable Indian mathematicians who continue to remain unknown to even most Indians. Now, talking of Indian mathematicians, how can we not talk of Aryabhat, probably the greatest of them all? He also approximated pi as 62832 divided by 20,000. That gives us 3.1416. This was correct to 4 decimal places. To put things in perspective, the most commonly used fraction 22 by 7 is correct only to 2 decimal places. However, the next big break in terms of a new idea, a new algorithm, came from another great Indian mathematician who is also one of my personal favorite, the great Madhavacharya of Sangama Grama. He was the founder of Kerala School of Mathematics and Astronomy and the last in the illustrious list of greatest mathematicians of their era, India produced over two millennia. 
He lived in 14th century and made stellar contribution to mathematics in several areas. Madhava gave the value of pi to 11 decimal places, a record at that time. However, it was his method that deserves a closer look. 300 years before Newton, Madhvacharya gave a set of infinite series which give accurate expansions of trigonometric sine, cosine and tangent functions. Madhava's 10 series is stated in verses 2.206 to 2.209 in Yukti Deepika commentary by Shankara Warrior. Even Jeshtadeva has also given a description of this series in his book Yukti Bhasa. In modern notations, the 10 series given by Madhvacharya is x equal to 10x minus 10 cube x divided by 3 plus 10 power 5x divided by 5 minus 10 power 7x divided by 7 and so on. Now let us take a special case where 10x is equal to 1. Then naturally the angle for which 10x is 1 is 45 degrees or pi by 4. So the left hand side of this series becomes pi by 4. But look at the right side. If I put 10x as 1, we get 1 minus 1 by 3 plus 1 by 5 minus 1 by 7 plus 1 by 9 and so on. This was the first infinite series in the world that converts to pi. This was the first new significant approach to computation of pi since Archimedes gave an algorithm of inscribed and circumscribed polygons. This not only paved way for future mathematicians who will later use infinite series to compute value of pi accurate to million, billion and then trillion places of decimals, but it also introduced us to a whole new way of doing mathematics, which will lead to several new discoveries in the future. We will discuss the life and work of Madhav some other day, as we will need one full episode for that alone. So let us come back to this infinite series and marvel once more at its beauty, simplicity and elegance. But for all its elegance and ease of recall, this series does not converge rapidly and we will have to compute many many terms to get more accurate values of pi. Since pi is an irrational number, it cannot be expressed in terms of a fraction or a series with recurring decimals. Therefore, we can never express the exact value of pi and can only use approximations either in terms of a fraction or decimals. To get more and more accurate approximations, we require the infinite series that converge to pi rapidly. Many improvements were made to the first infinite series given by Madhava by many mathematicians. In fact, Madhava himself came up with some of them on his own. However, the next big breakthrough came 500 years later by another Indian mathematician who was my childhood hero and is widely acknowledged as the master of infinite series and continued fractions. A clerk from Madras, the city now known as Chennai and the city where I have been living for last 10 years. Srinivas Ramanujan. But before I come to his method, let us learn how pi got its name. 
While there were many values assigned by several mathematicians to approximate the ratio of the circumference of a circle to its diameter, there was not a definite name or symbol for this ratio till William Jones, a Welsh mathematician, gave it a name and symbol using the 16th letter of the Greek alphabet pi. Pi written in lower case is the symbol used to denote this ratio today. Incidentally, William Jones was a close friend of Sir Isaac Newton. So now we know how pi came to be known as pi and now let us return to the fascinating contribution made by Srinivas Ramanujan who gave a very rapidly converging infinite series that computes a further 8 decimal places of pi with each term in the series. Even using just the first term gives pi as 9801 divided by 2206 into square root of 2 and that gives us 3.1415 His series are now the basis for the fastest algorithms currently used to calculate pi. In 1989, the Chudnovsky brothers computed pi to over 1 billion decimal places on the supercomputer IBM 3090 using Ramanujan's infinite series of pi with a small variation. Ten years later, in 1999, Yasumasa Kanada and his team at the University of Tokyo computed pi to over 200 billion decimal places on a Hitachi supercomputer with 128 nodes using another variation of Ramanujan's infinite series. In November 2002, Yasumasa Kanada and a team of nine others used the Hitachi SR8000, a 64-node supercomputer with one terabyte of main memory to calculate pi to roughly 1.24 trillion digits in around 25 days. Since then, we have been witnessing a new record almost every year. 10 trillion digits were achieved in 2011 by Shigeru Kondo, who had reached 5 trillion digits in the previous year. In 2020, we witnessed 50 trillion digits computation by Timothy Mulikan. The current record of 62.8 trillion digits was achieved by a team, Davis, at the University of Applied Sciences of the Grissons in August 2021. Most of these computations have made use of Chudnovsky brothers formula, which is a variation of the formula given by Srinivas Ramanujan. You could possibly argue if we really need such accurate values of pi. Where will we use these values? Is there any practical use of the same? To put things in perspective, let us take the largest known object the entire observable universe. It has the diameter of about 93 billion light years. We can calculate its perimeter to a precision of less than one Planck length, that is the shortest unit of length that has a real meaning. And it is about 10 power minus 35 meters. You know, So we can use it to that kind of precision by using pi expressed to just 62 decimal places, something which was known to us 400 years back without using any computing devices. 
But then who can argue against the human curiosity or the intellectual itch which drives the men and women of mathematics to find new frontiers and enrich this beautiful world of mathematics. With that, I bring my story of Pi to an end. I hope you also found it fascinating and enjoyable. If you did, then pass it on to others and do send me your reactions by writing to me on mathisfunpodcast at gmail.com. That is M-A-T-H-I-S-F-U-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Now let us come to the puzzle of the last week where I had asked you to imagine a square of 9 boxes with 3 rows of 3 squares each. It was given that the number on each box is the average of the two neighboring numbers, where a neighboring number is the number that is above, below, left or right of the given number. The question was, if all numbers are same or is there an answer where some or all numbers can be different? I have received several right answers, but the best answer has come from Vikas Agarwal from Redmond. He has given a very simple and elegant answer. He writes that there cannot be a minimum number which is an average of two other numbers and therefore every number has to be same. One can use the same logic for maximum number also. Now look at the way he has solved this problem without doing any calculations or forming any equations. This is a beautiful example of what I had described as math sense. Well done Vikas, I loved your answer. Keep listening and sharing this podcast with your friends and colleagues. Now let us come to the puzzle of this week. You have a big chocolate that is 100 inches long and 50 inches wide. You need to distribute it among 5000 children by giving every child a square piece of one inch sight. How many steps are required to break this giant chocolate into such square pieces? Remember, you can break the chocolate horizontally or vertically, but you are not allowed to break two or more pieces at once. You know, basically cutting through these taxes, not allowed. You can send your answers by email to me on mathisfunpodcast at gmail.com that is m-a-t-h-i-s-f-u-n-p-o-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com the best answer will get a mention in my next episode once again thank you for tuning in if you like math is fun podcast then subscribe it on your favorite app and share it with your friends family colleagues and classmates remember Fun is multiplied and not divided when we share it with others. I will see you again next weekend. Till then, enjoy your math and have a great week ahead. Bye-bye.